0: welcome to the individual experience doing this on a regular basis will make a difference it can be really helpful to release physical and mental tensions that you have built up during the day by breaking your daily routine with individual experience breaks you will give yourself a chance to recover and to come back To your natural balance. You cannot harm yourself during this procedure. I recommend you to do you at least 20 minutes, and you can even do it more than once a day. First, take the time to make sure you're an individual. Now that you have taken the time to be an individual, you have the chance to live. You can start living. Locked is the new black.
1: Hello, lovely people, and welcome to yet another episode of Quintessentially Queer. So, I am your host, yet once again, George Rallis, and today we have the honor to have with us the lovely... Spunk by artist name, but Lori, hey baby, how are Hello. you? Hello. How are you? I'm good, thank you. How well, are you? Good, welcome to the studio.
2: Yeah, I feel really welcome actually.
1: Oh, nice, glad to hear that. So, that was your track called Individual Experience. Uh, Spunk is the artist name. But before we get into the interview, let's call a fish a fish and start a conversation at this point by using a clear distinction between expectations. For those of you that do not know, Bon Travail is a movie about the French legionnaire in Algeria, directed by Claire Denis. It comes as no surprise that throughout the film, we see a lot of characteristic scenes of the military, including training for obstacle and assault courses, while also daily rituals like ironing shirts, for example. What gives these scenes their importance, though, is that they're shot in a ritualistic almost way, exemplifying meticulous curation similar to that of a dance performance. What is similar between physical education and dancing is uh, the cultural patterning of body movements. In order for a dancer to show their peace and a soldier to complete their training, what is needed is an intense level of practice and discipline. Body control and technique are necessary in both. Thus, the expression of sexual frivolousness is urged to be eradicated. A disciplined ballerina, for example, eradicates their sexuality the moment they're performing, in the same way as a soldier removes theirs. A a ballerina's breast, for example, is muted as the dancer appears transcendent, conveying unearthliness, delicacy, and mastery of bodily control, while her partner's hand on her breast is most often merely part of the mechanics of movements, such as lifts. Their sexuality is replaced with a focus and concentration on their duty, in the case of the ballerina's duty being dance and in the case of a soldier being the military. Dance in general has been receptive to gay readings due to its ascribed feminine nature But the general Western public as male dancers that accept such feminine art form which demands the vanessence of physicality let's say in the showing of emotions actually corrupt the male code of identification that is logical and serious. On the other hand How can we let go of these rigid choreographies, both as a medium, but also as sexual beings? Improvisation, as a dance art form, does not reflect or exemplify the understanding of freedom as a desired endpoint devoid of constraint. On the contrary, it resists it in the same way as queerness resists any preconceived sexual behavioral norm. Improvisation, just like queerness, finds its own identity with the negation to a fixed expression. In dance theory, improvisation is generally described as a spontaneous mode of creation that takes place without the aid of a manuscript or score. Accordingly, performance and movement curation occur simultaneously through a practice that uses surprise, innovation, and the reactionary abilities of an individual dancer to the surrounding context rather than a fixed choreography or a movement. The emphasis on spontaneity and intuition Often implies a lack of preparation, thereby eroding the historical knowledge, the sense of tradition, of becoming, and the enormous skill that the most eloquent improvisers are able to mobilize. Let's take into account that when it is performed right, dance is an art form that requires a lot of rehearsal in order for it to be seem natural and organic. By contrast, then, improvisation is not the exhibition of a highly practiced choreography, but of a highly understood sense of self that is learned through lived experience. This understanding of self is what is being evoked through improvisation, yet it is also what provides a deeper level of personal understanding. Improvisation reveals the real conditions that shape daily life as it is as a full-body critical engagement with the world. It would be considered an amalgamation of one's pre-acquired knowledge. If dance reflects one's social and historical positions in the world, then those affect their ability to move, both literally and figuratively. For this reason, improvisation is expressed by flexibility and perpetual readiness, just like being on the battlefield, fleeting all of your senses by making them alert. In the same respect, out of every person that I know, no one moves to their own fucking orchestra quite like our guest. So fuck the drums, it's just a symphony of experience. So on that note, let's go into another one of his tracks and this time going to Freedom, Vocabulary, Deconstruct. Deconstruct.
3: Freedom, Vocabulary, Deconstruct. Freedom, Vocabulary, Deconstruct. Freedom, vocabulary, a construct. Freedom, vocabulary, a construct. Freedom, 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 a construct. Freedom, freedom. Focal on your The constraint, the the degrading, the degrading, the degrading, the degrading, the degrading, the the degrading, the degrading, the degrading, the degrading, the degrading, the 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 Deconstruct,
1: deconstruct. Freedom, freedom, deconstruct, deconstruct, freedom. Deconstruct, deconstruct. freedom, freedom, So, hello, Laurie. Hello. Welcome yet once again to the studio. That was your track, Freedom Vocabulary Deconstruct which I will not play the full tracks because you have limited time of recording at this point. Um, But you can go and listen to the full track under Spunk on SoundCloud. Is that correct? Yeah. Yes, amazing. So how are you? How are you holding up uh, this uh, weekend, this period, I guess, or whatever you want to share, essentially? Uh,
2: Well, I'm really good, uh, but since I'm leaving Amsterdam next week, I'm quite overwhelmed by um, finishing different projects I started. And I guess I'm in a good uh, path, so I'm really happy these days and looking forward for what's uh, next. Yeah, so happy
1: for you. Uh, where, you, did you. You're living next week, after all.
2: Yeah, I'm leaving next week. I'm leaving next. Um, yeah, my apartment next week.
1: Yeah. Oh shit. Okay. Damn. Look at us. Yeah. We're coordinated, huh? Yeah. So when did you move to Amsterdam? Uh, you're from Italy. Yeah. we from. from
2: I'm from Italy, close to Venice, in uh, between Pordenone and Treviso. If somebody knows, and um, I came to Amsterdam a year and a half ago, last uh, um, 2019 uh, August, I guess. Yeah. Super when, nice. Yeah, when university time was starting. Because
1: what did you study? What did you start studying?
2: Yeah, I started studying dance at the Academy mm-hmm. of Theatre and Dance here in Amsterdam, and uh, well. Uh, let's say, dance department focused on uh, dancer bodies rather than choreography or teaching or mm-hmm. different disciplines, which was also a new program in the institution, was a mixture between two previous programs. Yeah. And, um, yeah, that's what I came here to do, which actually uh, seemed to be really open-minded and welcoming at the beginning <laughs> and made me really excited. <laughs> but, Yeah. It
1: turned out to be a little bit different. And, um. <laughs> I love how diplomatic that answer was. <laughs> 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 but introduce yourself a little bit to the people, because I know you personally. But what do you do? What's your mediums? Uh, I mean, I met you, let's say, as a dancer. It mm-hmm. was right before you dropped out, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah actually, right? yeah, true, yeah. So, yeah, introduce yourself a little bit to the people that don't already know you, what your mediums are, and, uh, you know, what the vibe is right yeah. now.
2: Then I think I must say that um, I come from a background of dancing for some years. Not many, because I started quite late, but uh, still dancing. That's how I came, um, how I went out of my home mm-hmm. from the first place. And um, since I had struggles in school and have been also kicked out... Um, this old um path of being kicked out was kind of intense, and I had to express myself, therefore I tickled the creativity that was there when I was a kid mm-hmm. and I woke up again as an artist let's say and um and I started uh making I, I was so afraid of the body that I went distant from the body mm-hmm. from my o- let's say from my own body um as a practice of uh, connection to it yeah. And I started uh, investigating what's around it. So as topics like uh, a project uh, I've done was focused on um, how this connection to the body gets limited Mm -hmm. when we build knowledge somehow. And then this developed into different kind of practices, which was maybe clothes surrounding my skin or um, music surrounding my, like being my atmosphere, the atmosphere I can live in and there is always let's say a little bit of attention on on political issues but also not so much um aware yet let's say something i'm
1: developing slowly yeah super the super beautiful what you're saying this kind of like um body as like a practice of connection with the surroundings let's yeah. say uh, that's how i see things as well because i mean my research is about embodiment and all this like ontological uh, you know what i'm saying yeah. things but um and wh- this shift because listen when you told me that you want to drop out for example i could totally see that because to me you're like a you're one of the most well-rounded artistic personas that i've met in my life so just doing one medium to me seemed restricting period for mm-hmm. you, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, and thank you. Actually. Yeah. <laughs> you're welcome, baby. <laughs> but that's the thing, kind of like even myself, like, I mean, I'm doing artistic direction, which is quite a specific thing, I guess, but it manifests in a lot of things. Exactly because it's like ecosystem of talent that I have inside me, same as you, and all creatives, I feel, that if you're a creative soul, then you need different outlets. Yeah, It's not just one yeah, to indeed. fully and embody yeah, that is true. So, wh- wh- how were you led to dance, though? Like, tell me a little bit about that. Why why dance out oh, of everything? Because d- you're quite talented huh? on everything. So, how do we start? On well, dance? come on, talented on everything. Everybody's Everything talented. that I've seen, bitch, so far, at least. Because
2: I love doing it, you know? I think okay. that's, that's the code. And... Um, well, how I came to dancing. I was skiing, actually, doing ski competition first. What? Yeah. <laughs> I oh, didn't know that. You didn't know? No. Yeah, yeah, wow, yeah. okay, cool. I wasn't that good. I was always last one, <laughs> huh? but it's fine. <laughs> okay. I, yeah. And it was kind of too masculine for me, because uh, yeah. uh, they were screaming at me, you're shit, and like, when I was actually shit, they would just not talk to me at the end of my path. I don't even know how you say it, but whatever. And um, The decline.
1: <laughs> <gasps> I don't, I don't fucking know. Do I look <laughs> like a bitch that skis? Like uh, I come from Cyprus? <laughs> yeah.
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Mm. Uh, well, um, uh, let's not call it with a name, uh, whatever. And um, and I had a couple of friends that were dancing in a small school. I actually danced before, and when I was a kid, mm-hmm. I was sixteen. And I, I don't know how it came, but one day I was like, "Can I come see your class?" And I went there, I was like, "Wow, but this is what I see in television. I, I wanna do this." So I started doing the course for a couple of months, and in summer, I realized that, yeah, I should fuck up ski and it was like kind of uh, February march when I started and and in summer I was like, "Fuck it, like why pursuing something that doesn't make me feel good? I was actually getting better, I could have b- been learning." how To be a teacher, also, mm-hmm. like I was close to that point, but I was like, fuck it no, I need to follow what pulls me.
3: fuck Yes, yeah,
2: also, there was a lot of more girls around me, I was feeling much more at ease. Yeah, yeah.
1: that's the thing. I mean, uh, as a I, I identify as genderqueer, uh, of course, I don't believe in the binary as is, but I'm comfortable with pretty much all pronouns. I know that you go by they, them, yeah, um but I'm comfortable with all pronouns beyond the she, her. Like you can call me she, her, cause you're my friend and we can, we're on that level. But like, God forbid a straight man calls me she or her. Oh my God, hell no, you know? Uh, But having these like different forms of expression, both in terms of mediums, resonates in my own head. And I believe in yours too, with this non-binary identity that it's not just one or the other. I don't have to be only a dancer or only a writer or only this or only that. I can just do it all if I want to. Oh,
2: definitely. You Um, know? Yeah, but in a dance perspective, it's actually quite constrained. Also, when it comes to style uh, approaches, like students always studying a certain style rather than another one. And I'm like, no, babe, learn to move, learn to connect to your body and develop that. It's not about the product of it, yeah.
1: Preach, exactly that, you know? Um. I was reading this text by Alain Badiou, is this philosopher that I'm doing now for my thesis, and he's talking about the politics of spectatorship in cinema. So he says that basically there's like active and passive spectators basically. And there's and there's each movie, a Hollywood movie for example, like Fast and the Furious 18, is just a product because it asks for passive spectatorship. You just consume it. While for example, pulp fiction uh or kill bill let's say or anything that's a little bit more deep even though those are quite hollywood too that's a production because it produces knowledge and it acts for a more active spectatorship it's not so much about the end product being done it's more so about the whole process of creating uh, different meanings different ideas and all that and that's what i see in this kind of like interdisciplinary thing that you're uh, getting into right now but how did that come about this dwelling in other mediums for you is was there is was there a specific process uh, or was there like a specific moment where you were kind of like you know what fuck dance for now i feel like doing costumes because you do costumes too yeah. uh, or music or whatever but actually the, the part of fuck
2: dance didn't really come because i was so afraid of dancing myself mm. uh, the, the school intimidated me so much because I was exploring my gender and stuff, and they mm-hmm. blocked it. So somehow my body just switched into different uh, directions. And mm-hmm. I started making clothes because I actually. You know, when I started making clothes, the day after I met you the first time. Really? Yeah, because I received (laughs) my machine exactly that morning, yeah. Oh, wow. Oh, shit, you're right actually. Yeah, I was receiving the machine that day. Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. yeah. Okay, I get you.
2: Yeah. I get you. So my aunt sent sent me the machine that day. uh, Well, that day it arrived, and, uh, and there I started making clothes which I never made before. When it comes to music... I started making it for a little performance, really random, and then it uh, went, and now I'm still doing music, and uh, then I did this video, a couple of videos, and yeah, it it just came somehow, like, it was um, not a choice, Mm -hmm. it was more like, I have this need Mm -hmm. to express this well kind of egocentric also Mm. Uh, we do this
1: here this is quintessentially queer baby you are the center right now okay thank you
2: (laughs) (laughs) but uh, no what i mean is more like is not necessarily focused on what do i say but uh, Mm -hmm. a lot of my process is also invested in translating it into something Mm -hmm. understandable let's say perceivable Mm -hmm. especially because i need to build my portfolio And I don't have a circle I'm in already, so I kind of need to use a language that can be understood from different uh, Mm -hmm.
1: places. Um, Yeah. yeah, Super cool. Is there a different route of conceptualization for you, let's say? Route? Like a different road, let's say. If you say, you know what, I want to choreograph something, or I want to produce a track, or I want to produce a garment... Do you follow a different road of concept behind it, or is it more originary? Does it just come out of you as um, expression, let's say, uh, or is it more sitting down with the material and going for it? Um,
2: I would say just come out of me, mm. but not that fluid. Okay. Yeah. It goes down out by stairs, you know, like so <laughs> it falls here and then I got to talk for a little bit and then I go to the next, um, yeah.
1: Yeah, I mean, we worked together uh, for this video that I shot with Aurelian and yeah. you did our costumes, which was great to see because you just came up with shit that I wouldn't even like think about because we were going to just going to literally just cut up fabric and just put it on us you know what I mean yeah and you had patterns yet your thing was like holy shit there's like a lot of thought going into this not that I thought that people just shit out garments of course not but kind of like seeing the process I was like damn this bitch for real (laughs) you know (laughs) or even like oh my god wait what was it uh, what was the thing that I wore at the picture and the video you took of me on your stairs? Was oh, it an yeah, umbrella? Yeah yeah, 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 it was a big umbrella.
2: For, uh, actually, a parasol, I think it's called in English. The okay. one uh, you put outside over the tables. Yeah. Oh my
1: God, that was yeah. genius. And you made a fucking cape and a hat. Of that. that was like <laughs> literally amazing.
2: <laughs> Thank
1: you. Do these mediums like affect one another for you? Kind of like, and for example, whenever I write now, I also feel that it affects, let's say, my style type of thing, if I'm dressing up like Gravity Grave or something, where somehow, now that I started writing my thesis, my makeup suddenly became a little bit more geometric and a little bit more ritualistic, somehow, for some reason, Uh, because I'm listening to a specific type of music now, Uh you know? So these things kind of like merge in my own expression. Does that happen for you, that you're if you're producing all these things at the same time. Let's I say. guess
2: it does, but um, for sure unconsciously. Because I can feel the influence of, uh, for instance, I'm listening to a certain type of music for a period and mm-hmm. I feel the switch. But if the stuff I'm making myself, I do not see where I'm going. I see it afterwards. Yeah. So I guess next year I will be able to say what this year happened. Yeah,
1: Very that, yeah. very that. But know.
2: anyway, you also ask like... Um, if, um, these different mediums come um, together somehow mm-hmm. and I would say so in a personal perspective I don't feel it um, but in an artistic perspective definitely yeah. and uh, we're gonna have the proof of it next week for my bye bye party yeah oh. I'm oh. sorry it's
1: okay baby I'm not gonna be here you can video call me if you want you yeah know?
2: I think I wanna do something like that you really should around, put yeah. me
1: like on uh, on a fucking like projector like on the wall oh my god yeah <laughs> that would be hilarious But the reason I'm asking you all these things is because one of your projects that really caught my attention on your site, you talk about production. Yeah. It was more of like a word performance than anything else, which I love because that's exactly what I do too implicitly. But you say, this project has been engaging with a process of analysis of terms and concepts that are related to a negative effect of overproduction. The detachment of the individual from perception and so reality. The different topics are logically connected in narrative explanation that wish to develop awareness and insights on the reader as a member of a construct. Let's talk a little bit about that. The reason that I really, really love this is because even at some point you say kind of like, um, as a 21 year old kid, I tried my best to, yeah, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. And I find that like, first of all, endearing and also fucking honest. Cause at the end of the day, we are all products of our own knowledge production, mm-hmm. right? Um, but this overproduction is exactly what kills the individual. And the oh, perception. definitely. Oh, for sure. You know, so how do you feel this uh, overproduction element come about? Let's say, do you feel that it's... I don't know if this is a risque question to ask uh, on air, but, like, do you feel that it's more saturated in Amsterdam than Italy? Or in one medium than another? Or whatever so you want to answer. Let's
2: say that I don't have terms of comparison in, say in, uh, in the sense of... Um, I'm a week here, a week there. But for sure, when I was in Italy, I didn't feel this thing. Um, But uh, as soon as I came here, people are pretty much aware um, of um, themselves um, as emotional state, for instance, Mm -hmm. which I I wouldn't say is so much aware because it doesn't necessarily go that deep, but somehow it's really concrete. And uh, this concreteness made me face the fact that I'm a fucking loud Italian, (laughs) just... Yeah, just wrong in school all the time. And I had to face the fact that I wouldn't be able to say what my struggle was, but I yep. would just be attacking all the time. And and therefore, yeah, I would say that this overproduction of... Um, also, like in the text, I talk about overproducing labels as grouping of definitions. Mm-hmm. And definitely, this is a big struggle I had here. And it's something I definitely felt a lot in Amsterdam. Also, because, you know, everything is monetized. And quantifying it means putting boundaries and, yeah.
1: Preach, bitch, yes, 100%. You hit the nail right on the fucking head. That's the same for me. Like, okay, I know that I'm a loud Cypriot. Ov- ov- I've always known and always <laughs> will be, hands down. But um, for me, this like overproduction, actually. is creating this relationship of like external ties and external things, more so than like an originary sense of creation that I do for me. Uh, last summer where I was in Cyprus, I was sitting outside on my balcony Uh, summer breeze air and this like super oriental song came on and I just literally went inside and fully improvised and I have never done that in Amsterdam to be quite honest like ever Uh, it's more so like oh I have this performance so I like this song so I need to sit down and produce a number let's say which I still do it and I still look fierce because I can hold myself with confidence but it doesn't feel like it's part of me if that makes sense Okay. It feels more so like the other. It it feels like more so I do it for other people's spectatorship, rather than me doing it. You know what I'm saying? It's more so about how it's perceived rather than how it's experienced.
2: Yeah, I, actually, as a dancer, I, I think I could relate with this, but I don't in the sense that I discovered improvisation. Let's say here, I discovered this um, spontaneity in yeah. arts here. Because Italy, dance field comes a lot from ballet. And mm-hmm. so is a whole different uh, setting.
1: Yeah. Even though uh, it can develop much further, but yeah. But keep in mind that dance, you're trained in that. Dance is not my medium. It's one of my... Exp- my medium is writing. You know what I mean? Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. So kind of like dance, let's say, or photography or styling, is just expressions that come from the writing to an extent. So, you definitely have a lot more skill in, in dancing because you've been trained. So, you can actually improvise. I can improvise too, but not on the same level for you, for sure. You know? Oh, yeah, maybe. <laughs> I think mean, I you know? I think you got talent. <laughs> uh, thank you, baby. Yeah. I'm, a, I'm a good belly dancer, but I'm not like a trained dancer. I call myself a performer. Not a dancer. Yeah. You know what I mean? Because I sell the shit out of it and you're buying it. But yeah. you know what <laughs> I mean? <laughs> but um how is this um notion, let's say, connected? If it is, or if it does affect the way you produce, do you keep this in mind? Does the is this something that you are cautious of or is it just something that you don't really think about? About the spectatorship you mentioned. The spectatorship in the production, let's say. Okay. Um I would say that
2: I became really apologetic here. Mm-hmm. And every time I do something, it needs to um, be a product. It needs to define something of me. It needs to... Yeah, it's kind of taking with itself a lot of meaning, mm-hmm. which is something I really appreciate in one sense. In another sense, is like, can I just be myself also? Yes. And, and in that sense, uh, that's the point I was uh, arriving actually to that... Yes, Italy more is more balletic maybe when mm-hmm. it comes to dance, and mm-hmm. here is more improvisation and stuff. But in another ins- um, perspective, like if mm-hmm. we look at it from an institutional perspective, um, they need to learn improvising. Yeah, they are not able to handle problems here in the city. How can they um, spontaneously make a show? They just can't. Um, so It's the fuego
1: missing The what? Fuego
2: It's the f- Yeah You
1: know I yeah. don't know <laughs> For me I call it fuego
2: Yeah 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 True I always
1: say Vibrations also Yeah Same, so same. It's yeah. the vibes You know and, and no matter how much I Love Amsterdam And the problem isn't Amsterdam by the way huh? The problem is Neoliberalism and Oh yeah of course Yeah, uh, yeah Highly yeah. saturated capitalism Evidently Because there's like super creative people in Amsterdam and very radically free people too. So these are, of course, over generalizations that are just talking about the bigger picture of the social problem rather than like individual cases. But, um, yeah, I could not agree more to Ikodanis. It's this level of spontaneity and of just uh, zero facts given that uh, pulls me a little bit away as well. Because it's nice um, if I juxtapose it with Cyprus, let's say, where we have time for a coffee at all times you know (laughs) what i mean (laughs) or like um when we chill we chill we go to the beach slow who cares beer for lunch of course you go back to work It's, it's, it's it's that type of mentality let's say so then like but i have a question yeah and how is it when you work uh, it's going, it's okay. going. No, listen, Cyprus are very hard workers. Yeah. But we so also that. know really how to fucking chill mm-hmm. because we're an island. You know what I mean? Uh, but this chill element also brings like, um, on the one hand, this like boredom and complacency of just flat. Let's say it's not that many exciting things happening, but when they do, oh, bitch, it's a volcanic eruption, you know, um, and coming here, I was forced to produce with a product in mind, let's say, and having the external in mind, which is a very good drive, if you ask me. It's a very healthy drive to have, to constantly keep on pushing yourself in new directions. But what I think is lacking is the political vocabulary behind this overproduction. You know what I mean? The political vocabulary being applied in this culture production, rather than the fact that it's available. Of course it's available, because education is very up high. However, these are not issues that are being spoken about exactly because it's a hyper-capitalist, neoliberal setting. You know, it's the only meter of um, existing, let's say, constantly proving yourself why you deserve the space you're given. And if you don't produce enough products, like, are you really an artist? yeah what what, do i have to like showcase it on instagram every time i fart to be considered an (laughs) artist you know what i mean (laughs) um and uh before we go into your track and we go a little bit deeper into our conversation i want to read a part that you wrote uh in the project about production you say product is not related to who does it instead it is just the result of different factors Therefore, producing is the action of generating a product, a result, an effect. One might say that something produces whenever it is involved in a process, so the term production can take on the connotation of a generative process. So in this respect, I have no fucking time for processes that are generic or generative. I want the thing to be processed on its own, on its own because I fucking feel it. And I want it to speak to people that feel it too which is exactly what this podcast brings people like you to talk about individual experiences and real life shit. You know what I mean? Because I'm not going to sit here and talk about your work. That's why you're here. You know okay. what I'm saying? Yeah. Um, I'm just here's the gateway, which right now the gateway will play Resurrection, which we really should get into after because that's the moment I was like, damn, bitches, for real. Okay, amazing. Oh, that was Resurrection by Spunk. Uh, okay, I really need to get into that moment because I was, I was shook, not gonna lie. So um, I met Lori a year ago, yeah. more or less, or so. Yeah, we met the old-fashioned way on Grindr. <laughs> <laughs> you know? And um, basically you told me that you do art, internal. I haven't really seen any of your installations, let's say. But you told me that you're doing an installation for your birthday and i was like oh okay girl whatever <laughs> you know what I not mean? <laughs> that i didn't think you could do it but i've i've known you're like a fierce dancer i heard your tracks that are cool uh but installations is like you know any cool so their party was like uh, what was it uh easter god no yeah the theme was easter god yeah, yeah. <laughs> I really loved that. Uh, So basically, they told me that they had an installation in their room. And uh, I go in and it was literally just like all of it covered in cotton with like blue lights. And this song playing, it was literally like a K-hole meeting Alice in Wonderland in like a washing machine. (laughs) Wow. Somehow. That's what it felt. What was the inspiration behind it?
2: The inspiration behind it. Actually, um, I think I was just outside having a walk and I wanted to go home making a stupid video of myself. Mm -hmm. And uh, as soon as I started making the video, I was like, I think I should make the sound behind it. Uh, Yeah, at the end, uh, this video never came out and uh, this sound developed Mm -hmm. into something. And uh, basically, you can hear the voices at the beginning.
3: Mm
2: -hmm. And uh, these voices um, are actually divided in two different lines and are taking two different paths. Mm-hmm. So they start together together as similar sounds yeah. and one goes towards the, the carelessness mm-hmm. and um, yeah, this careless attitude towards uh, listening. Mm-hmm. The other voice instead is trying to make itself heard. So we see a voice that is more like laughing and like, oh, it's chill. And yeah. the other voice that is going towards... Fuck! I'm choking. I need yeah, to talk, yeah, yeah. Um, and that's where it comes from. This oppressed uh, voice—it's probably coming from the fact I felt oppressed in school mm-hmm. and discriminated in school. But um, yeah, I think it also goes um, outside of school. Definitely, it just doesn't—it doesn't stay just there. Yeah.
1: Yeah, it's like it's—it it evokes. It's like an easy feeling, let's say, to an extent. Uh, Which I love, by the way, uh, because I feel that's where people really can grow, I guess, and really, I don't know, just get bigger. You know, what you really remember is like the moments that, not that you heard, but the moments that really made you question things. Uh, Listening to the track, you mean? Yeah, I mean, like these like really weird sound samples that you put on top that's semi painful but also semi like gory i guess i don't know how you would call that i felt like i felt like uncomfortable but not in a bad way you yeah. know what i mean actually
2: the uncomfort was um Conscious. my goal yeah yeah that's i what wanted I mean. to go
1: through it i was
2: like okay so th- it was a party right mm-hmm. and uh, the track was called resurrection the room resurrection room mm-hmm. and the idea was like It doesn't matter what we have been going through today, Mm -hmm. it doesn't matter what we have been going through the past week or months, Mm -hmm.
1: it's like, let's start from there and Mm -hmm. let's reborn. Fuck yeah, yeah. that's the vibe, 100%. And um, that's the thing, you have an upcoming project that's kind of like based a little bit on that as well, no, the Bullissimo uh huh. Where you're essentially, well, you talk about it actually.
2: Yeah, actually, uh, it's true. I haven't seen the similarity, but it's true that it um, wants to give a new birth, let's say. Um, uh, well, Bullismo is a video project that uh, I yet don't know how I'm going to publish and um, how that process is going to go. I have some ideas that I mm-hmm. need to see with the law. And, um,. Yeah, it's a video um, that wants to enlighten the position of the victim as a position that can actually determinate things. Mm-hmm. And um, so basically it has power um, mm-hmm. when uh, instead is always seen the position of the victim as a position of submission, of um, yes, preach. like you just have to follow, you cannot do anything. But, uh, well, you are responsible of two things. First of all, how the dynamic of bullying evolves, because if you stay or if you turn, it does make a change. It's a political choice. So being aware of that can make a change in that. But especially, uh, like what I tickle through the video is Mm -hmm. um, telling people, uh, guys, look at what can happen to your own self. It's not just about the bullying and how the dynamic is going, but the effect you can have afterwards, which can be depression, which can be addictions, which can be anything. And um, I think I lost the point. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Essentially, what I'm getting, right, from your work, uh, at least the similarities within it, is by reappropriating expectations and narratives, Right. And uh, when you were explaining to me this whole, like, bullissimo situation, it was, like, at a very primal state. It was when, I think, you first conceived of the idea. Uh, our first conversation we had of it. And um, that's the thing. We should stop basically perpetuating narratives about, like, positions that are considered to be de facto bad, whether that is victim or not. And I'm not saying that, for example, people that have went through abuse, any sort of abuse, are not victims. They are, to an extent, the victims of other people's fucking devices. However, that victimhood should not be understood as a level of neither um, inferiority or of pity, right? We should treat victims as a person that demands space, space to speak, space to act. And space to actually fucking stand up. Yeah, but indeed the point of my project is
2: actually like... um, It's always adults talking about bullying. It's Mm -hmm. always people that somehow look normative. And I'm Mm -hmm. like, what the fuck are you talking about? Nobody has anything to tell you because you look just perfect at the moment. And you know what you're saying. You're saying it to people that have 20, 30 years younger than you. And I'm like, no, now I'm going to take this position. I am with you guys. I am a victim and... I'm talking from the position of a victim, but indeed, if victims don't talk, mm-hmm. how do you... Or not if victim, victims don't talk, but if oppressors don't let victims talk... Preach, <laughs> um, yes, Yeah, thank that doesn't you. go through, yeah.
1: Exactly. And that's the issue, kind of like, it's the same thing as saying, like, um, this bullshit of, like, oh, girls shouldn't wear short skirts. And I'm like, oh my how about you teach boys not to fucking rape?
2: You know what I mean? You know that actually in a city close to Milan now is avoided is a uh, prohibited, pro- prohibited uh, it, yeah. yeah, to talk with people that looks like um, how do you say sluts? Yeah. What?
1: Yeah, like what they, the they use this kind of terms. Yeah, lol. Okay. Yeah, that's I was so really surprised. Okay. Yeah, I don't know. It's like the the way I see it even in resurrection let's say kind of like it was uncomfortable but it felt good to be in that uncomfortable place you know what I'm saying because you had the cotton let's say that was quite comforting yeah. as an essence and you I mean you had your bed as well so evidently that helps you know what I'm saying but then the music lifted you to another point it's like sitting with an emotion if you reach this kind of like meditative state of experiencing emotion you just let emotions w- flash through you let's say like a river and um, And that's exactly how how we should be treating, like, narrative, essentially. Victimhood, I haven't really formulated that opinion yet to be quite honest because, on the one hand, I believe that we should treat it exactly as this river thing that just floats through us. However, I think that we should also take action. So, I don't know. Have, Have it as a river flow, but set up some fucking, like, sheds on the side so we can sit there in the fucking river and give the fucking victims the space that they, you know, deserve. yeah. Because uh, if only half of the women would speak that got raped or abused, it would still be like 200 times more than the people that come out already with these types of stories. Let alone if we go to 100 of the victims, you know what I'm saying? Then the numbers would just be astronomical. But um, before we slowly reach to our end, right, uh, I would like also to essentially give you the space to talk a little bit about this like uh, reappropriation of mediums uh, if you would like or this um, the inspiration behind essentially the last song that I will share from you which is Fired Santa oh yeah yeah yeah. as our closing but I would like for you to talk in terms of your inspiration let's say because I see as Fired Santa and I don't know maybe it's because it's my favorite
0: so I'm biased (laughs) yeah I love
1: it Uh, I see this kind of like the accumulation of all of the things that we've been talking about right now Because you're like questioning of reproduction in terms of capitalism. Yet on the other hand, you're reappropriating the narrative of Santine, kind of like making him like the villain type of thing. You know what I mean? Which I love that idea, by the way, because I always found it weird. I'm like, why the fuck is this bitch coming coming to my house? You know what I'm saying? Growing up, it's like, that's a weird thing to tell children. Yeah, it's really weird. You know what I mean? So please tell me a little bit about that.
2: Yeah, so um, basically um, I was hearing um, about, um, how do you say complaint, the protest against uh, blackface, Mm -hmm. and I was like, sure, blackface is wrong, but Mm -hmm. (laughs) is there anything right in Christmas? Um, So I was like, why solving that? Mm -hmm. Just go to kids and say, actually, Santa Claus just doesn't exist, you know? Mm -hmm. It's just fantasy to make you believe the world is beautiful (laughs) when it's actually not.
3: (laughs) Oh my God. So I
2: was like, okay, I need to say it. I need to really say it. And so I made this song. But it was quite a challenge because I'm touching topics like um, colonization and slavery, Mm -hmm. uh, which is not something um, I directly relate to. It's something I I recently discovered, let's say, because my education has never provided me with this knowledge and Mm -hmm. I didn't not having, like, um, different um, nationalities, friends before. Like, I wasn't aware. So I was like, fuck, it's hard to talk about this from a, let's say, politically correct uh, position. Yeah. Um, So I just decided to be the Santa Claus, to avoid any struggle, and to talk from my Santa Claus position, making Mm -hmm. a whole sarcastic joke about how good I was Mm-hmm. Um, me as Santa Claus or my uh, now I don't even remember but my dad as San Nicolas and my grandpa's uh, another uh, legend of this uh, Santa mm-hmm. Claus yeah
1: yeah I loved it to be honest even when I read the lyrics like I was like yes bitch I yeah, was, the lyrics you know? are quite intense the yeah. lyrics are fucking amazing to be quite honest Um, and this like reappropriation again of narrative is what I feel is super important in uh, queer and non-binary storytelling I guess um, because it it is this reactionary element of being that makes life worth living, regardless of how cliche I may risk of sounding right now. But I mean, it's like for me what I always think. Also, when I look at your work, but in general, kind of like when I'm, tra- I'm thinking about this more like queer production, let's say, of like, which when was the last time you sat down and you remembered? and you remembered and kind of like reminisced, that night you stayed at home and slept by nine. Mm -hmm. Never. But you do remember that night that you were fucked up drunk, met this random person, ended up like sitting by the beach and sharing like beautiful stories about life Mm -hmm. and about your traumas. And all this, just talking about life, you know what I mean? Like these like late night Balcony talks in the summer, you know what I'm saying? Of these late night walks Uh, or calls, yeah, that's it. Yeah, that to me is like, yes, that's the essence of beauty.
2: Yeah, that's why I'm going back to Italy actually. Same in Cyprus, you should
1: come, you know, it's super close, it's 70 euros. Like, I'll buy you your ticket. But before we close off, I would like to thank you so much for coming on my podcast. Oh, thank as you. As the last guest officially of me in Amsterdam. Wow. Uh, do you have anything to share with the world um, alongside your handles, your social media handles? Uh, if you have maybe like any last wishes or any last words? um, I think I would say, um,
2: don't worry, be happy. <laughs>
1: Okay. <laughs> Done. <laughs> I love that for you. <laughs> um, so basically uh, your sound color is Spunk, yes? So yeah, yeah. follow him on Spunk. You can follow Slimmer. Uh,
2: actually I pronounce it Spunk. Spunk? Oh my god, yeah, I'm because so sorry. Otherwise
1: it means like come and I'm sorry, I'm nah. so sorry. Spunk then Uh, you can follow me again on gravity underscore grave on Instagram and essentially current Facebook under the said name and Slim Radio on every single platform. Thank you so much, baby, yet once again. And And let's go to Fired Santa by Spunk.
3: Brought business plans, we could have brought home with good assistance, Who son. agent of hand, live and other,